Genesis this morning, the book of Genesis. Thank you for the music. And we'll be in Genesis chapter number 41. Genesis chapter number 41. And we look forward to what the Lord has for us from the Word of God this morning. And then I want to encourage you to be back tonight at 6 o'clock. Genesis chapter number 41. I'm going to read a few verses of Scripture this morning. And then there's a truth that I want to give you uh, that if you'll let it, uh, it'll make a difference in your life. I'm going to be talking about Joseph. Joseph is uh, one of my, if not my favorite, uh, Bible character outside of the Lord uh, himself. I love the, the character of Joseph and so much to learn from his life. Uh, in Genesis 41, we're going to pick up in just a moment, but where we are in the story of Joseph is uh, Joseph, uh, that uh, son of Jacob, Joseph the dreamer as he is known and uh, had told his brother his dreams and they weren't as excited about his dreams as he was and uh, they conspired to kill him, uh, end up putting him in the pit and then selling him uh, as a slave and he ends up in Egypt at Potiphar's house and uh, he is uh, running things at Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife was, a, was an evil woman, was a wicked woman and uh, made advances to Joseph and he uh, rejected her and uh, she falsely accused him. And because of that, he was thrown in prison. And he's in prison, and he was uh, faithful to the Lord in prison. And now he is pulled out of prison because uh, it was told to Pharaoh that there is one who could interpret your dreams. Uh, his name is Joseph. He has got out of prison. He's cleaned up. Uh, he's told to prepare himself to be before Pharaoh because Pharaoh has had a dream, and it's bothering him. Uh, he doesn't understand it. Uh, he wants an answer to it. And this is where we pick up in verse number 25 of Genesis 41. And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh is one. God has showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. And the seven good kind are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. And the seven thin and ill-favored kind that came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty ears, blasted with the east wind, shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh." Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, and there shall arise after them seven years of famine, and the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume the land. And the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine following, for it shall be very grievous. And for that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because a thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Now, <clears throat> therefore, let Pharaoh... Look out a man discreet and wise, and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint officers over the land, and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years. And let them gather all the food of those good years that come, and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh, and let them keep food in the cities. And that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, and the land perish not through the famine." Now, Joseph interprets the dream. He says, Pharaoh, there's going to be seven plenteous years. And following that seven plenteous years, are going to be seven years of famine. It's going to happen. God's established it. And in His grace, He has let you know what He is going to do. And then Joseph continues and says, Now, Pharaoh, if it were me, this is what you need to do. You need to pick somebody to oversee collecting in that seven years and preparing for the seven years of famine. You need to set somebody over the land so they can 
can, they can collect and they can prepare. That's what you need to do. God has said this is what he's going to do. Now, I'm suggesting my advice would be for you to find somebody to oversee because that famine is going to be devastating. That famine, if you're not prepared for it, it will, will wipe your people off of the planet. They're not going to be able to survive it. Now, you need to have somebody oversee it. Look at verse number 37, then our text, verse 38. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all of his servants. Well, if I was Pharaoh, I'd want to know that. I want to know what's coming. And then the advice, that's that's a good idea. I need to find somebody. Look at verse 38. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this is? Now, I don't believe Pharaoh was throwing his hands up saying, Oh, to his servants and to his wise men, Oh, are we going to be able to find somebody like this? What are we going to do? No, I believe Pharaoh is saying, can we, uh, talking about Joseph, can we find as such, as one, as this is? Notice this next phrase in your Bible. A man in whom the Spirit of God is. Pharaoh had called this man and said, there's somebody who could tell you a dream. Bring him here. Joseph comes forth, and he doesn't disappoint. He says, Pharaoh, this is what God is establishing. God has let you know it. There's going to be seven years of plenty. Then there's going to be seven years of famine. Now, my advice to you, Pharaoh, that you find somebody to oversee (coughs) the collection so that you can survive during the famine. And Pharaoh said, can we find such a one as this? Notice that phrase, a man in whom the Spirit of God is. This morning, I want to bring out a truth, and I want to preach on it this morning. The title of this message is, Such a One as This Is. Such a One as This Is. Father, I pray uh, that you'll help us this morning. May you speak to hearts. May the Holy Spirit of God uh, work in our lives this morning. If there's one here unsaved, uh, may they get that settled this morning. May they realize their need of a Savior. Father, I pray that you'll uh, be with the discouraged this morning. May they realize that They don't have to stay that way. They can be encouraged through you. Uh, May we be helped and strengthened uh, with our burdens, with our needs this morning by uh, what the Spirit of God uh, has to teach us. We ask uh, that your will be done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What a defining time in the life of Joseph. If you study the life of Joseph, certainly uh, Joseph uh, had uh, quite an adventure in his life. He's before Pharaoh, and I want to remind you what Pharaoh said one more time as we get started this morning. He said, can we find such a one as this is? Joseph had definitely made a mark. Joseph had definitely impressed Pharaoh. Joseph had delivered an answer that no other man can answer. Uh, Let's just be very practical and logical this morning. Joseph wasn't the first place Pharaoh started. Pharaoh had his own advisors. Pharaoh had his own wise men. Pharaoh had his own uh, religious men. And he had asked, what does this mean? And got no answer as to what his dreams meant. Joseph is plucked from the prison and set in front of Pharaoh. And Joseph immediately begins to tell Pharaoh everything that his dreams meant. in establishing several times that this is going to happen because God has established it. And God is making it known unto you. And then Pharaoh makes a declaration that if you 
study the, the scriptures, uh, Pharaoh uh, in no time made this declaration of any other individual. He was astonished. He was amazed. He said, can we find a such a, a one as this is? Joseph made such an impression that Pharaoh declared, can we find anybody else like this? And then he mentioned what it was that made Joseph stand out. Now let me remind you this morning that this Joseph at this point that is standing in front of Pharaoh was a prisoner. He was not the man at this point that God had elevated. He was a betrayed man. He was a rejected man. He was a forgotten man. He was a man that had been discarded. He was a, this was a man that had been disappointed with the, the trajectory of his life, the things that had taken place in his life. Joseph was not up here with his talent, with his ability. He was a man who had been humbled, who had been abased, who had been cast aside, who had been betrayed by his own brothers, who had been taken to a far country, had been falsely accused, thrown into a prison. This was not a man who was offering his talent. This was not a man who was on the top appearing before Pharaoh. This is a man that has spent some time in the dungeons of Egypt, now in front of the most powerful man in the country, declaring, is there anybody like Joseph? Is there anybody like this man? What was it that, that appealed to Pharaoh? Was it Joseph's talent on display? Oh no, there was no talent for Pharaoh to see in this moment. Was it his wisdom? Certainly he saw some wisdom. But if you read the words again that Joseph declared over and over, he said, God is the one who has said this. God is the one who has declared this. God is the one who has let you know it was not talent. It was not ability. It was not what Joseph had to offer. What made Joseph different? It is right there in verse number 38. He was a man in whom the Spirit of God is. What stuck out in the mind of Pharaoh was not this man's stature. It was not this man's wisdom. It was there's something different about this man. And what is it? It is obvious. It is evident. It is an overwhelming fact that this man has the Spirit of God on his life. Can we find somebody better to suit what it is that we need right now in this day? And it was the fact that God was evident in his life that registered with Pharaoh. Here was a man plucked from the prison, but yet made a mark in the mind of the ruler of that land. See, something was different about Joseph. It was his relationship with God. See, Joseph had been a faithful man. He had been faithful in, uh, in, in, in his relationship with God uh, when he was uh, in the prison. See, uh, he was not evident when he was, he was not that powerful man at this time. As Christians, we have set the wrong standard for success. I have to put my wisdom on display. That's going to make a mark in this world. 
Oh, if we were our young people and, and they get the education and they get the notoriety and they, and they can establish certain things in this world, what a platform they'll have for Jesus. No, friend, that's not what got the attention of Pharaoh. It was the fact that the Spirit of God was real. The Spirit of God was evident. When the nation is on the brink of destruction, nobody's looking for who has a Ph.D. They're looking for who can get a hold of God, who can give us the wisdom from heaven to, to preserve us and to help us. The standard, once again, for God's people has got to be our relationship with God. As Christians, we have got to replace that standard. We think failures define us. At this point in Joseph's life, is there anything in his life that would cause him to think he was anything but a failure? I mean, what was his testimony? I mean, what did he have to offer? What would he have put on his resume? My brothers loved me so much they tried to kill me. And then sold me into slavery. And now uh, I have been uh, falsely accused, thrown into prison. And, 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 and th this is all he has had to offer. But yet in those times of disappointment, in those valleys of life, there is one thing that never changed in the mind of Joseph. And that was God is still on his throne and I can still trust God. And while my life has not ended up like I thought it would, like things have taken place that I never thought would take place, here I am still with God on his throne. That is what he had to offer God. Friend, your failures do not define you. It is your faithfulness in your failures that defines you. Too many Christians have stumbled and too many Christians have ended up at a place in life. I didn't know that I would be forsaken by this individual. I, don't know, I didn't know that God would take this loved one out of my life. And in those moments, they have looked at God uh, not for direction, but to cast blame and to cast doubt and to, and, and, to, and to express their frustration. And that is their story. That is the end of it. They've never made a difference in the life of anyone else. It is those who, in what they would call their failures, their disappointments, they stayed faithful to God. They stayed true to Him and their relationship. And that is what has defined them. Let's be logical this morning. I think Joseph was a great Christian. I think he was a great man. Joseph had quite a testimony. But let's be practical this morning. Joseph had human thoughts like you and I have human thoughts. And in the, his journey from the pit to Potiphar's house to prison, the thought had to take place, God, why? This is not what I thought was going to happen. But yet you never find Joseph Angry at God, arguing with God, accusing God. You find Joseph in his dark times turning to God, fellowshipping with God, trusting God. And friend, I'm here to tell you, I'm not gonna be, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm not gonna lie to you. You're not gonna live the Christian life and not have disappointments and not have failures and not have what we would call setbacks and not have things take place that we never would have thought. And if we had lived a hundred lifetimes, we never thought we would have faced the things 
that we have to face today. But can I tell you this morning, God is still on his throne and God has a plan. And what made the difference in Joseph? He never got away from God. When man failed him, he knew God did it. And he's continued in his relationship with God. See, your, your, your personal relationship, God, is what, is what counts. Boy, uh, when we stand before God one day, the only thing that's going to matter is that we're saved and we have a personal relationship with Him. And if you're a child of God this morning, it doesn't matter the accolades, it doesn't matter the achievements as much as it does, how is your relationship with God? Hey, I'm all for you moving up the corporate ladder, but if you do it at the expense of your relationship with God, it's not worth it. It's not, I'm for you to get an education, but if you have to sacrifice your relationship with God for an education, it's not worth it. There's somebody that's got one more degree than you have in this world, I'm just telling you. There's somebody who's got another promotion above you, I'm just telling you. But what is going to make the difference is can people see Christ in you? Can people look at you and know that you've spent time with God? Know that the presence of God is there. You say, well, I'm in a valley that I never thought I'd end up in. You mean like Joseph? You mean like him? See, we look at the life of Joseph and like, oh man, Joseph's my favorite. And what do we automatically go to? He was second in command. He was in charge of everybody but Pharaoh. I don't know if you think like me, and you probably don't, but I, I think when he's in charge of everything, even Potiphar's wife had to come get food from him. That's how I think. But Joseph didn't know how it was going to end. Joseph had every reason to assume, like you do, Christian, that this is all there is to it. This is all that's ever going to be. I guess those dreams I had just aren't going to work out. See, when Joseph was in prison, he spent time with God. When Joseph was betrayed, he spent time with God. When Joseph was forsaken, he turned to God. Sadly, many Christians, they find themselves in a similar valley. Instead of turning to God for leadership and turning to God for comfort, they turn to God with blame. They turn to God with accusation. They turn to God and say, why has this happened to me? And God, I'll not serve you anymore because you've allowed these things to happen. That was not Joseph. And therefore, he had the Spirit of God in his life. And it was a pagan pharaoh who said, a man in whom the Spirit of God is. That should be our goal. Is for this world to see the Spirit of God in our life. See, what made Joseph exceptional was his fellowship and relationship with God. Parent, you know what will make you an exceptional parent? Is your relationship with God. Well, I read Oprah's book on parenting. Who's never had a child, by the way. But I, re- I read her book on parents. Or I've got, I've got the whole series that Dr. Phil put out. Well, 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 good for you. You probably needed some space filled on your bookshelf. But friend, let me tell you what's going to make you a better parent is your relationship with God, your wisdom with God. What your children need to see is that mom's been with God, that dad's been with God. Hey, they may not have all the degrees and all the education. I wish I could give my children more. Don't make this mistake. So I'm going to send them to schools I didn't get to go to. I'm going to 
get them things that they didn't go to. You better get them to the same God that you found because it is the Spirit of God that's going to make the difference in your home. You know what your neighbors need to see? Someone who's got the Spirit of God on them. Well, I, I know you get the looks you leave every Sunday morning and it's almost that look of pity. Your neighbors, if they're up by then, they look at you, oh, there they go again. Every weekend, they have no time for themselves. But let it be their loved one who's unexpectedly taken and it's your door they're knocking on. It's not because of your education. Because the Spirit of God, I believe, as an employee, there ought to be employees with a goal, a desire to be the best employee they can be, but be the best Christian they can be, and where they'll see the Spirit of God in them. This world is only impressed for a short time with achievement as far as the world would go. But when the crisis hour is there, and when, when the need is there, that we need some answer from some supernatural source, they're not looking for uh, trophies on a trophy case. They're not looking for degrees on a wall. They're looking for somebody who's got something different about them, and it is the Spirit of God in their life. I'm going to make four observations from the life of Joseph that I believe led Joseph to this point. Joseph's life is fixing to change. In his rearview mirror is nothing but failure. And now he is fixing to be elevated by God to a very prominent position. And I, I want to remind you before I give you the, my observations this morning that it was his relationship with God that got him to that place. That has got to be the priority in the life of Christians once again. Not popularity, but our relationship with God. Not that which is practical, but our relationship with God. Spending time with God. Do you realize that on the mountaintop you can talk to God? But in the valley, you can talk to God as well. Well, I've, I've been, man has disappointed me. Well, it's not God that's disappointed you. And you realize that no matter what this world does to you, they can't take your God from you. They can't take your salvation from you. They can't take that relationship. You, can't, you might can say, don't take a Bible to school, but you can't tell me I can't pray to my God. You can't tell me I can't commune with my God. We always have Him, and that's what makes the difference in the life of a Christian. Well, let me give you these observations for the time we have remaining. What got Joseph to this place? What made the difference in his life where Pharaoh would say, is there anybody like Joseph? I think he's the perfect one for the job. What sets him apart? Spirit of God. Make observation number one. Running a prison prepared Joseph for running a country. Don't miss this truth. And Look at verse number 40, chapter 41. Pharaoh declares, Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than now. Pharaoh says, it's settled. Joseph, you're in charge. The only one over you is me. He went right from the prison to second in command 
in all of the nation. Well, he didn't follow the, the right path and trajectory to get where he needed to get to in life. Can God's people quit thinking about that? And just be faithful to God and just be true to God. Because God can take you from the prison in one day and put you on a throne the next day. And He is in complete control. But we've got to seek God, not the wisdom of this world. We've got to seek God, not a removal out of our situation. Just pursue God. And don't miss this truth. Running that prison got Him ready to run the country. See, when he was sold into slavery, he was in Potiphar's house and he ran all of Potiphar's business. His wife accused him. They had him thrown in prison. What did he do when he got in prison? It wasn't long. He was running the prison. He was overseeing all of the prisoners. See, he could have looked at that and said, well... It's just a prison. But God was looking at it and said, you be faithful running that. I'm going to give you some practice. Because you got something bigger that I'm going to put you in charge of. And Christian, don't ever forget this. God prepares you for what he has planned for you. Hey, don't, 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 waste, don't waste your valley. Don't, don't, don't waste your failures. Don't waste your, your prison, if you will, the situation that you find yourself in that you never would have dreamed that you'd be in. I never thought that this would take place in my life. I never thought that, that this would occur in my life. I never thought that, that God would allow these things to happen. Don't waste where God has you. You be faithful and, and you just trust God. And, and whatsoever thy hand findeth, well, I had dreams of doing something so much bigger for God. But because of these circumstances, this is all I'm going to get to do. No, friend, that's where God's got you. It's got where you get the opportunity to serve. You just be faithful. You say, well, it's just, it's just, I'm just rearing my children by myself. Oh, no, it's not just rearing your children by yourself. God is preparing you for something you have down the road. Don't waste it. See, Christians, we're impatient people. As generally speaking, people are impatient. But I want this for God and I want it now. What you don't understand is if you had it now, you'd fail miserably. In most cases, you'd ruin your life and somebody else's in the process. But God says, okay, I've got to allow you to go through this. I've got to allow you to go through this. And each time you're faithful through these circumstances that you never thought God would put you through, He's getting you a little more ready for what He has planned for you. He's getting you a little more prepared for what He. That's why if you can't be faithful in that which is least, God's not going to give you an opportunity to be faithful in that which is much. He, 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 he. The very circumstances that he would have looked at as failures was necessary for him to do what it was that God had put him on this planet to do, preserve his people. And the very things that you've shed the most tears over could be the very thing that God is using to prepare you for what he's put you here on this planet to do. 
It could be something, certainly nothing to the magnitude of Joseph had, but God could have put you on this planet to cross the path with one person who can identify with your crisis, one person who can identify with your valley, and God wants you to make a difference in their life. You're the preservation for somebody else, but you've got to be faithful to that which God has given you. You've got to be faithful to that which where God has placed you. See, running that prison, the whole time you say, well, this is all God's going to have for me. God's getting ready. He says, I've got something bigger for you. And friend, that valley that you have, you don't realize it, but it's preparation. Preparation. Oh, if I could, if you'll allow me to use myself as an illustration this morning, I, I felt the call to preach in my life when I was six years of age. It's as clear to me at six years of age as anything that's ever happened in my life. And I, I remember when I get into Bible college, I used to pray. I said, God, I, 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 I want to do something great for you. I wanted to make a difference. And I prayed a very specific prayer. I prayed, Lord, would you break my heart for people? Because I had a problem at 18. I didn't like people. That's kind of a problem. When God's called you into the ministry to help people, you, if you don't like them, that's going to be a conflict of interest there. I said, Lord, I know that in order to help people break my heart for people, I had no idea what I was praying I know what it's like to bear a child. I know what it's like to endure some hardship. But I know what it's like to have a compassionate heart. There's only one thing, there's only one reason in the day I, I do the best that I, I, I am humanly able to pastor the people that God has given me. But I can tell you, I can look back and say the whole time I was going through circumstances, I had no idea what God was putting me through. And I could have cursed them or I could have just been faithful. And what it was is God preparing me for what I'm doing exactly right this day. And friend, whatever you're going through, don't look at God and shake your fist at Him and say, God, I want it better than this and I deserve better than this because truthfully, friend, we just deserve to burn in hell for our sins. But He's a good and a gracious God. God is preparing us for what He has planned for us. Second observation I make is this. A sacrifice in integrity would have sacrificed opportunity. Chapter number 39, we read in Scripture of Potiphar's wife. What an evil woman she was. Want to pursue Joseph. And then once Joseph rejected her advances, she made it her point to destroy his life and have him thrown in prison. But Joseph kept his integrity. Joseph didn't sacrifice his integrity. Christian, have you ever asked yourself the question, why are there consequences to doing the right thing? And, and, I, and I'll come back to that in a moment, but the consequences of doing the wrong thing are much greater than the consequences of doing the right thing. Amen. Doing right is its own reward. Say, well, 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 let's think about it. And young people, listen to me today because you'll fall trapped in this world and you want to weigh the circumstances. Oh, no, right is right and wrong is wrong. And yes, Joseph went to the prison, but he went with his integrity. Hey, he went with his relationship with God. He didn't sacrifice him. And if we're not careful, we'll fall prey to the lie of the devil that it doesn't matter. The price is too, too strong to, to serve God. You'll give up too much to stay true. No, in your, in your, in your darkness, in your circumstances that you never thought you would be encountered with, 
Keep your integrity. Do the right thing. Well, parents, my, my, my family is going to disown me if I rear my children the way the Bible says. Do the right thing. I'll get fired if I go against my boss and not do, do the right thing. Well, why is there such a high price to pay to keep our integrity to do what's right? Don't miss this in the life of Joseph. If he had sacrificed his integrity, he would have sacrificed his opportunity the midst of unfairness, do right. Do right. So many times Christians, they encounter a difficulty they never thought they would encounter. Somebody betrays them. It could be a spouse. It could be a family member. It could be an unfair situation done wrongly in their job, their career. You could think of a hundred things. We could end up with a disease at a young age that we never thought we'd have. And in that, we can say, well, I guess it's not going to work out for me like I thought it was going to, so I guess it doesn't matter what I do from here. This isn't what I thought God had for me, so it doesn't matter what I do. And too many Christians throw their integrity out the window just because life didn't turn out the way they thought it should turn out. May we be reminded from the life of Joseph, doing right is its own reward. But in your hardship, in your heartache, in your difficulty, do what is right. Don't sacrifice. Don't sacrifice your future opportunity for doing the right thing. The third observation I'll make is this. In chapter 40, we read of the butler and the baker getting thrown in prison. Here's the observation. The willingness to help those in prison gave Joseph an audience with royalty. Joseph is wrongfully in that prison. Joseph could look back on his life from that point backwards and just look at disappointment, and unfairness, disappointment, unfairness. But here comes the butler and the baker thrown in prison, and Joseph hears of dreams they've dreamed. Joseph had the ability to help them, and he helped them. You say, but wait a minute. Life had been unfair to Joseph. Matter of fact, he shouldn't have even been there. But he was. God allowed him to be. And he helped people he had the capability of helping in a place that he never imagined being. Christian, don't ever get to the place that we aren't willing to help somebody else who needs help. Well, that didn't work out for me, so I have no interest in helping somebody else. How sad. Joseph, even in, in that which is done unfair to him, even in his disappointment, he had the power to help somebody else. And he said, in one of them, in both, in both cases, you're going to get out of here. Now, you're going to die soon when you get out. But you're going to be restored 
to the rightful. Can you imagine how good that must have sounded to Joseph to be restored in his rightful place? And he knew that's what the dream meant. But if he had acted like most Christians, I'm not going to tell them. I'm going to withhold the ability to help them. But he didn't do it. He helped them. Whatsoever thy hand fire to do, do with all thy might, Christian, this morning. If you'll let me help you, I'll help you. Life may have not turned out like you thought it would turn out. Life may have taken some detours you never thought they would take. Don't be so self-centered and selfish and bitter that you won't help somebody that God brings across your path. Well, I, I never thought that this is all that I would do. No, 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 friend. God brings somebody across your path and you have the ability to help them. Help them. Be a blessing to them. God has you there to be a help to that individual. God put Joseph in the prison because he wanted some prisoners helped. God may have allowed you to go through certain things because there's somebody else coming who's experiencing the same thing you've experienced. You may not have the power to pull yourself up, but you may have the ability through the help of God to keep them from having some of the same hardships that you have. But don't lose focus on the fact that it was because of Joseph's faithfulness to help who he could help. That's the very thing that gave him the audience with Pharaoh. Because it was promised to Joseph. I'll remember you. I'll let them know that you can interpret these dreams, but some time passed. And then when Pharaoh dreamed his dream, there's a guy in prison who interpreted my dream. Pharaoh said, go get him. What if Joseph had been bitter? Like some Christians are bitter. Well, I have to rot in here, you can rot in here too. If I have to be disappointed, you can be disappointed too. If I have to shed tears and... You can just shed tears too. Oh no, Joseph said, God's got me here. Here's somebody else that needs helping. I'm going to help them. I'm here. Nothing I can do about it. I'm just going to interpret these dreams. I'm going to help. And it was the very act of doing that that put him in front of Pharaoh. I wonder how quickly God would pull some Christians out of their valley if they weren't so focused on themselves in that valley. Okay, so you didn't grow up the way you wanted to grow up. It's not all about you. There's somebody else that's going to be a very similar situation than you that, as you that you can help. Well, this marriage didn't end up like I thought it was going to end up or this disease came, I didn't think it was going to come or or, or this death came to my house I didn't think it was going to come and all these different circumstances and there's somebody God's going to allow to cross your path that you can use your experience and you can be a help to them. And you don't even have to have any strings attached. You just help them because they're there for you to help them. And it's that very heart that God used to set in front of Pharaoh. See, there's a philosophy in this world that you step on everybody you can step in to get what you want. It's not absent from the life of Christians either. 
But if you just put it in the hands of God and say, God, I'm going to do whatever it is you have for me to do, and God will take that, and He'll use it to put you in a position to do greater things. The fourth observation is this. Your time with God in the pit in the prison will eventually be rewarded for putting you in the palace. See, the pit is what Joseph would focus on. But it was finding God in the pit. Potiphar's house, that horrible situation, God was still there. In prison, God was still there. In Joseph, he lost the fellowship of his family, but he still had the fellowship of his God. He lost the fellowship of those he had served and been loyal to, but he never lost fellowship with God. Too many Christians make the fatal mistake in their Christian life of, of I have been, I've been wronged, I have been forsaken. And in, in, in an act that somebody else does to them, they in turn forsake their God and they turn away from their God. Friend, if you're in the valley this morning, you don't need to run from God. You need to run to God. If you're in the pit this morning, don't ignore God. Run to Him. Just because the circumstances come that you never thought would come doesn't mean God doesn't know about it. Doesn't mean God is not able to comfort you. Doesn't mean God is not able to commune with you. Friend, you realize the importance of God when it's, nobody else can help you, but you have your God to fellowship with, to have a relationship with. That can never be taken from the child of God. What was it that got him out of the pit? God did. His fellowship with God. Don't miss this statement. Christian, the very thing you're neglecting in your trial is what will get you through your trial. The very thing you have ignored in your valley is the very thing that will see you through your valley. And that is your dependence and relationship with your God. That is what put Joseph in the palace. When man forgot him, God didn't. When man forgot him, he didn't forget God. See, your faithfulness will be rewarded either here or on the other shore. Stay true to your God. See, Pastor, I, I never thought, I never thought this would happen to me. The extent of what I can do for you is I can weep with you. I can pray for God to help you. But only you can go to God on behalf of you. Only you can seek God. Quit looking for the, the, the next 10-step plan for you to get through your trial and just go to the God who created the universe. Quit looking for the professional counselor to navigate your way. 
And I'm not, I'm not criticizing any of those things. All I'm saying this morning is there's a God above everything. If Christians would just go to God, if the Christians would not quit leaving the house of God because life is unfair and say, this is all I have left in this world is I have my, my church family, I have my God. If you wouldn't close this Bible and you'd open it and say, God, I've got to find you. I've got to have you. And there's going to be times, friend, when all you can do is stare at the pages, but you're there and you know He's there. And there's a comfort that comes from the Word of God like no other comfort. And sometimes all you can do is go by yourself and just let out your frustration and let the tears flow to your God and say, God, I don't know how I ended up here. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this broken heart. And you just seek God and be faithful to God. And that's what gets God's attention. Let me tell you what makes a difference at your job, in your neighborhood, and with your family. It's not the self-righteous, cliched Christian. It's the one that when they're in the valley, they still find the goodness of God. It's the one when they've been forsaken, they still go to their God. And they say, God, hey, I may, you may be the only one I have left, but I've got you. And I never intended on being in the prison. I never intended on being alone. I never intended on, on this life turning out the way it turned out. But God, I'm just going to seek your face. I'm just going to spend my time with you. I don't have anybody else to turn to. And you just let that relationship with God build and build and build. And what will be declared in some way, it may be that lost family member you're trying to reach. Who can find one such as this is in whom the Spirit of God is? I can't find a greater thing to be said about Joseph. Was Joseph a wise man? Absolutely. Where does wisdom come? God. What it was that set him up all of those, how would you like, see this is the problem with a lot of Christians, we think too much like this world. We think for us to get out of our valley, we, we have to submit a resume. Joseph's resume wouldn't have even got in the front door. But Pharaoh wasn't looking for somebody else to apply as an advisor. He was looking for somebody who, got a, who had a hold the one who controlled all things. What a declaration in whom the Spirit of God is. The greatest admonishing I can make to you this morning is if you're not saved, to trust Christ. Turn to Him. You, you, you'll, 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 you'll go from one thing to the next to the next to try and satisfy that inside of you, seeking the answer, seeking the solution for your own sin. And you'll try one thing and then you'll try everything in this world and it won't calm you. It won't, it won't satisfy you. Only turning to the Lord Jesus Christ will give you that peace. Christian, the same peace as you got when you trusted Christ as your salvation, that same peace that, that, that comforts you well, when you're in that valley and you're facing that disappointment and you're dealing with that broken heart, don't run to the things of this world. There's just more brokenness there. There's just more tears there. Run to your God. He's still in the pit. 
He's still in the prison. He's above all of the unfair circumstances in your faithfulness in your valley. Your faithfulness in your pit. Your faithfulness in your prison is what gets the attention of an almighty God. And he says all along, I've allowed these things to come into your life, not to hurt you, not to punish you, but to prepare you for what I've put you on this planet to do. And friend, we need to realize it may be one other soul that is wandering out here who's experienced what we've experienced. God's going to allow the paths to cross and how many Christians are too bitter and how many Christians are too angry at their circumstances to be the help to that person that they could be. Pastor, what should I do in my crisis? Go to God. Pastor, how should I deal with these circumstances? Go to God. Sadly, we want a different answer than that. There is no other answer. There is no other answer. Whom the Spirit of God is, what this world needs is Christians. Don't we all want people to see the Spirit of God in us? I believe most sincere Christians do. If God, if a relationship with God is even on your radar, you want people to see God in you. We just don't like how we get that closeness. It's in the pit, Joseph learned that. prison, Joseph learned that. Joseph learned that. Father, I pray that you'll take the message today and